The most important thing that we've learned is you just, you have to know your client. You do. You have to know your customer. You have to know what it is that you bring to that customer that no one else can. And you have to know where they are, what makes a difference to them. Because if you don't get that piece right, then the ROI gets really hard to make positive. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world. You're now one simple tip, practical tool, and small step away from growing your business. One Next Step is brought to you by Belay, the incredible 100% remote organization revolutionizing productivity with virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media managers. Accomplish more, juggle less. Modern staffing from Belay. And now to your hosts. Welcome to The One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Trisha, and today we've invited back our amazing friend, occasional co-host of this podcast, and director of marketing for Belay, Amy Appleton, to talk about all things ROI, return on investment, in case you don't know. We've talked about this last time. Amy has been a valued member of the Belay team for over eight years. She has played an integral role in our business development and marketing strategies, helping us here at Belay earn seven years in a row on the Inc. 5000 list by contributing to our marketing efforts with her amazing leadership in all things marketing for Belay. I'm excited to talk to Amy today about the topic that every leader wants to know more about, ROI. We'll talk about what healthy ROI looks like, when to focus on it, when not, and how to respond to negative ROI and lots more in today's conversation. So let's get to it. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I know. You are our resident ROI expert here at Belay, and I know you're going to have a lot of great information and knowledge to share with everybody on today's episode. But before we get started... I have a fun icebreaker question for you. Let's do it. I know this answer because I know you, Amy, but for those of you who don't know Amy, are you an early bird or a night owl? Um, I am a notorious early bird. So I was the person who could go out in college and all my other friends would sleep in and I actually cannot sleep in. I have never been able to sleep in. (laughs) I am like nine o'clock. I am like up and today it looks more like six o'clock. I am up and I am Adam and then I am (laughs) worthless probably like four o'clock on. (laughs) That is me too. First of all, I was going to say 9 a.m. is sleeping in for mothers or people over the age of 40, first of all. So (laughs) 6 a.m. sounds more like early bird stuff, but but I'm with you. I'm an early bird as well. So God bless the night owls. I think, you know, I I might have been one when I was like in my 20s and then something happens. There's like a conversion timetable or something that happens. Um, Maybe it's the hitting children mark or something. Have kids and then all of a sudden you don't have a choice but to be a morning person. (laughs) Yeah, I think that is it. And um, But no, I'm still, even my friends, everyone I travel with, they know. Like it doesn't matter. I'm up. I'm up. I'm making the coffee. I'm your coffee person. There is no sleeping in. (laughs) For Amy. I got to start the day. I got to kick it off. I'm with you. Feet on the ground, ready to go. Yes. Uh, Speaking of ready to go, let's get into it. Let's talk about 
ROI. I mean, one of the most important things we consider um, when it comes to marketing and growing a business. So what would you say, what does a healthy marketing ROI look like? That is a great, great question. So basically, healthy marketing ROI is you are not spending more to bring on new business than the new business brings in revenue for you. That is the simplest way to explain it. Mm -hmm. You do not want to spend more to go get new customers, clients than you're going to make from that business. Off those customers or clients. Off those customers. And so there are ratios that they talk about from, you know, five to one, meaning if you get a thousand dollars from your client, you don't want to spend $200 or more would be like where Mm. you would want to spend for that acquisition. But really it just boils down to don't, don't overspend (laughs) to gain your, your clients. And there are, and I think, you know, what happens then is it scales based on where you are in your business. Now I gave like a really simple answer, but then depending on what your business looks like, you will have different tolerances for what your healthy ROI is going to be. It is not a one size fits all question at all. Gotcha. So like you mentioned, five to one ratio, some organizations could have eight to one or 10 to one or two to one dependent on maybe what the industry or the product or the the organization is um, equipped to do. Exactly. And I mean, ideally, you do want to spend as little as possible in order to gain yeah. them. So while, you know, an industry good might be five to one, if you have areas in your business that are 10 to one, 20 to one, 50 to one, I mean, those are phenomenal opportunities. And so, no one is going to have one thing. Everybody's going to have a balance of them. But it really does depend on what your business size is, what your tolerance is. Is mm-hmm. it a one-time? Are you getting one-time revenue or is it a recurring? Mm-hmm. Are you a tool? Are you have a recurring revenue? I mean, you take all those things into consideration to bring in the mix for what is healthy ROI. Awesome. So... What do you need to know if you're getting good ROI? What are the metrics, let's say, for example, you use from maybe different various marketing efforts that Belay uses? What what is the what are the telling metrics? What's helping you know if we're getting good ROI? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I want to know is how much does it cost? How much is something costing for us to do? So that's the first thing. The second thing I want to know is, is it a product service? Like what's the value of that? You you do need to know those two pieces of information in order to, to start ROI. And like they will vary again. It's not just going to be a one size fits all. If you have a product, you might have multiple products. So you will probably right. want to know for each individual product or each individual service you know, what are those numbers for each one of those things? So it's really just taking opportunity. And that doesn't have to be fancy, depending on where you are in your business. You know, if, if you have very simple balance sheets and Excel sheets, you probably have that, that information already mm-hmm. at your fingertips. And as you get more advanced and your technology grows, then all of that information starts to live in, in technology 
for you. Um, but I, I mean, I laugh. I mean, I think for the longest time we had it in a spreadsheet and we were just getting yeah. the numbers from LZ who was telling us what the numbers were. And then we would just put them in Excel sheet and that's, and that's yeah. how we were finding the, our information. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. So for mm-hmm. those who are new or maybe don't know, or this is the first time they're kind of really considering what ROI looks like, can you explain or, you know, what the evolution has been for what we perceive as value? So we talk about, okay, the spend, you might spend hypothetically, you know, $5,000 on a Google ad. And then your hope is what? That you get five, you sell $5,000 worth of services and that's a no. So can you talk a little bit about <laughs> what true value is when you're looking, when things to consider when you're, con- when you're looking at ROI and what value really is? Yeah. So you are going to look at, like, like I said, it's like, what did you spend? You don't want to break even. So break even is not, you know, that's not ROI. That's breaking that's even. That's just a hamster right? wheel. <laughs> that's just a hamster wheel. Right. So you don't want to spend $5,000 and get $5,000 back. You just put a lot of effort to net zero. Right. So really the value becomes looking at, uh, and, you know, I want to start with, yes. So we do Google ads and that's an easy one because it's, it's trackable. Everything is, that is a technology that is there. We spend a certain amount. Google literally shows us exactly what it is. We can literally find out, did we get any clients from that? And we can actually see a direct one-to-one relationship Mm -hmm. between that spend and then was the spend worth it? Did we gain more new clients with the spend than we spent at that time? And and that would be, you know, considered great. I think a lot of small businesses start with a word of mouth and referral mm-hmm. business. I mean, I know which is free, which is free, which is which is, which is all positive ROI, ROI. <laughs> <laughs> which is the best <laughs> ROI. So ROI really starts coming into play when you know that you are actively spending money to gain new clients. Like you're yeah. beyond out, you're going outside of yeah. your word of mouth, yeah, because that is 100 percent yeah ROI back on word of mouth. Yes. And then when you're ready to really step into the big leagues, guys, then you're looking at the value of the profitability of the client you're attaining, not just the revenue that they're bringing into your organization. So hypothetically, right, if you spend $5,000 in Google and you spend, and you get a client for $5,000, but the cost to serve the client is $2,500, so truly your earnings from the client are only $2,500, then you're actually in a loss situation. So I think if you're taking it next level, you're even looking at the value of your client based on after it takes to provide the service to the client. Yes, and you're right. So that does take it to the next level when you stop looking at what was just the, say, initial revenue that they brought in, but you really start to break it down into that. The other thing that people can look at is like, what is your tolerance for how long do you want to take to earn the money back that you spent? So that's another way to look at it mm. in terms of, you know, SaaS companies. Sometimes it's like, hey, as long as we make our money back and we're, we're going into profit within 12 months, like that's good. But right. a lot of other people wouldn't have the tolerance to wait 12 months in order to make their money back. So they are actually, and that is an individual business owner decision on 
wh- what am I looking for? Like how fast do we want to be able to make our money back? So now we're at zero and then move forward. So that is another thing to, to look at and to know like what is your level of tolerance and risk for how long are you willing to wait in order to get the money back based on what you, yeah. what you sell? Is it a, is it yeah. a tool? Is it services? Mm-hmm. I mean, how much of your time and other things are involved? Mm-hmm. So that is, like I said, that is kind of another next level is like, how long are you willing to wait to, to make it back? And, and what's that win yeah. for you? Yeah, that that's very, very good. Because I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that have the assumption that if you spend something in a certain area, you should you know, see leads or revenue generating immediately or within 30 days or whatever that may be. But there's a lot of patience involved with marketing. And sometimes it means you won't reap the benefit of the reward of the effort and the, the dollars being spent. It could be six months before you actually anticipate receiving the ROI back. And I know there's things here we do at Belay and you always do a great job at saying, hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, maybe sponsor this podcast, but we don't actually anticipate it, there being any return on it for six months or whatever that looks like. So I think it's, that's a great point and takeaway for for our listeners to know and understand that um, although we would like everything to be immediate, unfortunately, it just isn't. It's just not the way it always works in marketing. No, it's not. And you bring up a good one. Um, events, speaking. I mean, anytime somebody has the opportunity to go and be a speaker at a conference or, or things like that, um, taking the opportunity to think about what the ROI is in that scenario. And then really planning out how long do you really think it, it will take to make it back. And I, and I think we mm-hmm. learned from our impatience of when you know that going into it, then you can work towards that amount of time as well. Knowing that when you go and speak at a conference, what you're really hoping to do, unless you're, you have books at the back of the, you know, to sell or something to sell at the end of it, um, what you're really hoping for in that is word of mouth and for people to know who you are. And it mm-hmm. does take time in order for that to filter back to actually see business come back to you. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. So for somebody who's starting to pay attention to ROI, what would you say is the frequency or the time? Like what what specifically and when are you looking at these types of metrics? I mean, I think you want to set a cadence where it's happening on at least a monthly basis. You want to look at how things are going on a monthly basis. Now, you know, you may go back and things may be happening faster or longer, but a monthly is like a, just a good cadence to go and look at if you're spending money, how is that money performing? And the, really the reason why is, you know, if, if something is not performing well, you probably you don't want to wait six months to figure it out. And something mm-hmm. if something is performing really well, then you want the opportunity to know quickly that it's working because there, there may be opportunities to do more, do different. And the same if it's not working, it might give you the opportunity to adjust quickly. Is this the wrong message? Is the wrong target? I mean, it was the wrong audience. Did we get one thing wrong? Sometimes it could just be one thing wrong. Sometimes it could be it was a complete miss. Um, and then you just want the opportunity to mm-hmm. have the data to decide. So what is our next step? And on a monthly basis, I feel like that gives you, because you, like you said, things do take time. Rarely do we see anything that is an immediate 
Um, that is a unicorn. We love them and we love it when it happens, but that is not what is always happening. So yeah, monthly basis. And that just gives you a nice time frame to, yeah. in order to make decisions. Yeah, that's great. So to kind of hit back on what you just talked about, about sometimes, sometimes things are negative or maybe you have not, you're not seeing what you had had hoped out of some marketing effort and something is seemingly trending negatively what are maybe some of the steps that you would take in that kind of process or, you know, the thoughts that you would run through if something is not trending to be positively ROI? Yeah, I hate it when that happens, though. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> no, oh. I know. Oh, I know. We've all been there, we always right? want to win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's like I feel the pain even talking about it. <laughs> but basically what you're going to do is is look at just a, a couple of those things. Uh, just did you do the right thing? Like, did you think it was risky? Did you think it was a home run when you were going to do it? Like, let's say you thought it was going to be a home run and you were just shocked that it is not performing well. Then you can, you just start asking questions. You start looking. You start looking at the data. You start going back. Like, you start asking why questions. Why, 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 why? Have I done this before and it worked? Did I take in everything into consideration? Did I miss something? I mean, we laugh. Sometimes we're like, does the button work? You know, and I'm sure people relate to this. Like you go and you make sure the button works. Like you're like, oh my God, is it technically functioning? <laughs> is it technically functioning correctly? Oh, you know? we got no leads because the button <laughs> oh, goes the to button, a 404. Exactly. Like, oh, even starting at the God, simplest the thing, dreaded. the dreaded 404. <laughs> but I know I'm not the only person that we've ever launched something and then you sit and you wait and nothing happens and you really start like testing the buttons to see if like the technology worked. But no, but sometimes you know, because we've all either sent in or got it. I mean, sometimes there is a human error in there and then you're able to catch it. I I know that most of the time when we're looking back through it, we instantly start asking, is it messaging? Did we talk about the wrong thing? It's the, you know, is it the words? Mm -hmm. Is it the, is it the creative? Is it, we thought something Mm -hmm. was important to these people, but actually wasn't and, Mm -hmm. and running it all through through those, those filters. If we have the opportunity, and if you do have the opportunity to make adjustments, uh, we 100% will make adjustments before we just decide, er, we're done. We will go right. and actually try it. Instead of killing it, if we really yeah. thought it was going to be a yeah. home run, we will go and we will make tweaks to it, or we will go back to, a lot of the times these things, you're, you're dealing with another human on that on the other end who is the sponsor or the, you know, the person in, who's helping with the, the paid opportunity and you can go with them, even Google ads and things. You, mean, you can change the copy. You can change where it's going. Even your face, if you're doing Facebook mm-hmm. ads, it's, it's all the same. Go and A-B test a couple of things and don't give up right away. Uh, but then also know when it's just time to be done and just, just say no, just get to the no quickly, just done and, yeah. and move on and just yeah. and cut your losses. Yeah. Well, and I imagine through that exercise, it's really great to be really, really clear, or it can be a reminder of clarity on who your ideal client actually is. Sometimes you slightly target it to the left or to the right of the ideal client. Maybe it was close enough or it was uh, a move. But I think as a, a business owner or a marketing leader, I mean, just having absolute clarity 
I mean, we've been in business for 10 years and we're still honing who our ideal client is. They change all the time. Um, So who we served 10 years ago is different than who we served five years ago, who is different than who we serve today. And so I think like sometimes even what worked last year won't work today because of the evolution of your clientele. No, out there too. That is so true. The the most important thing um, that we've learned is you just you have to know your client. You do. You have to know your customer. You have to know what it is that you bring to that customer that no one else can. And you and you have to know where they are, what makes a difference mm-hmm. to them. Because if you don't get that piece right, then the ROI gets really hard to make positive. Yeah. You're not speaking to them. You're not speaking Mm -mm. to them. They're not hearing you. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. So I know you talked about how we used to be, oh my God, God bless Google Sheets. And sometimes you just plug numbers into a document and it tells you everything you need to know. But if somebody's looking for, you know, do you need technology to understand ROI? And if somebody doesn't have the means, because maybe they're a small business and it's maybe not an option, do you have to have technology to really understand ROI? Um, No. I mean, you don't, not to start. You don't. You just need a couple of numbers. You just need those numbers that I talked about. You just need to know how much you're spending. You need to know how much the value of each transaction, client, whatever your business model is, you really just need to know those pieces of information. What happens is as your marketing or your business gets more complex, technology just makes it easier. So even for us, what happened Mm -hmm. was for a long time, we could do it on Excel spreadsheets because we didn't have that many different avenues that we were tracking. But when you get more avenues and more opportunities and you're doing more and more, that's where technology really starts to help because you could, it would be possible to track it on an Excel spreadsheet currently, but it would take so much work to do it. And that's where the technology comes comes in. But that is literally just, I think, based on scale of somebody's business. Right. Yeah. So, you know, don't be discouraged, small, small business owners out there, right? This is something you can easily do for free on a, on a worksheet, on a spreadsheet, by getting some financial numbers and spend numbers and using some good old fifth grade math, it's just easy division. We can make it happen. They'll even do that math for you in Excel if you can figure that. You can Google that. I know. And you can I mean, figure even out how to do I it. can yes. do this math. It's simple math. You don't have to be a CFO to no. understand ROI. You just it's just fifth grade math. So it doesn't have to be overly complicated. But man, yeah, when you have the right tools, when you're to a point where you need them, the speed with which you can get great intelligence is is quite rewarding. So uh, thanks for the, is. the tip on that one. And I think what I would say, don't be scared to do things that you can't track. That, I'm not everything. Yeah. Is well, tra- that was going to be my it next was. question, oh, Amy. Oh, Amy, I was going to ask you the notorious bump, bump, bump question about branding versus lead gen. <laughs> so this is a conversation we have a lot over here at Belay. Um, and if you have a marketing team or are focused on generating revenue because you're a business, there is always this kind of push and a pull when it comes to 
trackable lead generation, the things that you know and can see and easily follow that bring you business versus the things that, you know, to use an Amy, that are squishy, (laughs) that maybe, right, you, the trail to with which things go is is invisible potentially. And that could sometimes look like branding. So what are your thoughts on the balance of those two things and how do you feel about, you know, the marriage of them and and how you work them both into into marketing? I mean, I think, you know, branding is ev- is everything that your brand is. It is every client interaction, it is every ad. I mean, it is universal. Um I think when we talk about branding in this way, in this time where you can track so much in your software and on your Excel sheets, and there's so many things like Google ads where you can get so much information. Um, I think when we talk a lot about branding, sometimes it is, it's the squishy. It is the things that are not going to be easily tracked anywhere really. And then a lot of times, you know, Bill, I mean, we think of big things too, like, billboards and TV ads and and all that. And if you're Coca-Cola and Chick-fil-A and you've got huge budgets to do that, I mean, that's awesome. Um, I think, you know, Chick-fil-A is not going to know that the commercial that I saw for the peppermint milkshake, you know, last night during the the peppermint game, it caused us to go buy it. Like that's not going to show up in anybody's, you know, tracking software, (laughs) but yeah, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do things. That are that. I think it goes back again to that tolerance and the the tolerance that you have to mm-hmm. do it. It it also allows for um, when you know your customer really well, you can start to track back to things that you actually can, but it doesn't look the same way that it does as if it was a Google ad. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like I heard about you from so and so. So and so saw you on blah, blah, blah. And, and that's how I found you. And, and I think that is where just having good communication Mm -hmm. with your customers, if you're going to do that kind of thing, you'll have to ask them and you'll have to ask a lot of questions in order to get to the bottom. If you, if you want to be able to have something to track. I think that's a great, great source of information for those opportunities where, where there's lack of clarity on where business is coming from is that, you know, for us at Belay, our sales team asks every single person they talk to where they heard about us. Because sometimes they'll fill out a, uh, you know, a form on your website that says they want to talk to you and they might have picked the source as Google. Right. When in actuality, they heard our name on a podcast or a neighbor recommended them. And, and so sometimes we, you know, we go back and edit lead sources because getting absolute clarity is so important to drive where we spend time and attention going forward. So sometimes form fills aren't always accurate. So we've done a great job. Our sales team has done a great job at confirming (laughs) where people are hearing about us. So we know, we know the absolute truth. So I think that's an excellent, excellent point, Amy. Thank you. It's probably the most important thing that they, that they do, because I think the other thing when you're doing ROI is Think about your own behavior when you're buying things. Like, think about your own behavior. Like, I probably heard about something and then I probably typed it into Google. And then I probably clicked a Google ad for it or I clicked something that was there. But that's not actually where I heard about it. That's just where I ended ended up. 
So yeah, I think that when was you're the doing second step, it was the yeah. second thing. Mm-hmm. So when you're you're tracking ROI on those squishier things, also just use common marketing is so much to just use common sense. Think about your own behaviors and behaviors of your friends and your families and all your coworkers and and be aware of of how people are buying and how people are making purchasing decisions yeah. right now too. And that helps with the squishies. Yeah. In terms of knowing that that sometimes yes. it's worth doing them. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think to your point, you know, there's some tolerance level or, you know, you might when you're building out a marketing strategy or plan, you might have a certain percent of, you know, time, energy or dollars allocated to the untrackable, knowing what your comfort level is to allocate towards what is trackable. As a CEO of a company, right, I want to know that there's a certain amount of marketing effort put towards what is trackable versus the untrackable. So I think that's great. Great, great context. Okay, so here is a really, really, really loaded question that's going to be really hard to answer, but I figured the last one I'll just stop here. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) This will be hard. This will be good. This will be good. Okay, so somebody listening, they're a small business owner right now, and, and they've got maybe a couple bucks in their budgets the you know it and they want to they're going to put it towards one marketing initiative what would you say is the best place to put dollars to to get the best ROI the best bang for their buck if there's one thing they can go do tomorrow yeah it's a stumper right and it's marketing so it's all gray it's, it's always gray i would say if you like you mm-hmm. like to live in the gray Welcome to marketing. Honestly, it goes back to they need to know. I can't give them the answer because they need another client. They need another customer. I know it sounds like a broken record, but it's really the yeah. truth. Like they need to know. And then they need to know if I was going to give advice, it would be where are they? Where are they spending their time? What are they listening to? What podcast are they listening to? Where are they getting their information from? What are they reading? Who else mm-hmm. are they listening to know them and and look for opportunities there to spend the first dollars because they're already they're already hanging out in those places. Absolutely. That's an awesome awesome answer to a very hard question. <laughs> so thank you. I'm actually going to add this is my last comment. I would actually also add depending on your business model if you have energy to focus in on one particular area to increase sales for your business, I would say, pay attention to your current client. And so at Belay, we have a very intentional referral program. And honestly, sometimes the best clients are partners, peers, and those related to your current clients. Um, Because not only is it a great lead, which is not marketing related, but it's just business related, a great lead for your organization. But if somebody is recommending, it is also already an affirmation. It's an affirmation and a recommendation and a lead. So typically, you know, for Belay, we find that um, that serves us very well. And so even having your marketing team involved in how we serve our clients so well, so they want to be advocates and talk about their services with us, and how that organically serves Belay and then how we're able to serve others in their network. So that's a, that's a great, effective way that has really ROI to get the word out for your business as well. That's my little side yes. tidbit for <laughs> adding clients and marketing. 
Anyway, thank you, Amy. This conversation has been awesome, filled with so much great information and understanding about what it means to have ROI um, and what to do if you don't have it and how to calculate it without driving yourself crazy. It doesn't have to be complex. And Amy, because she's amazing, is actually going to hang around a little bit after this interview to answer one more question for us about how to invest and measure your ROI when investing in your brand. You are not going to want to miss it. To hear that clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to our bonus content or visit onenextsteppodcast.com where you will find a link in our show notes. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. It's been awesome. Hey guys, wasn't Amy a pleasure? She's been a joy to work with for the last eight years, honestly, and I love having her on the podcast. And as always, we have a download for you so you can take your one next step And this week's download is our marketing ROI tracker template, which is similar to what we use to monitor, measure, and communicate marketing ROI here at Belay. It'll be a great easy tool for you to use if you don't already have one in place. So to get it, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com and you'll get access to today's resource to keep you moving forward. So guys, until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. Mm